Hi friend, this is Alex McRobbs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world to the Middle East at age 23, and I never went back. I got sober in 2019, and I now live full-time in Bali, Indonesia. I've made it my mission to help other women around the world stop drinking, start yoga, and change their lives through my online Sober Girls Yoga community. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. Amazing. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am really excited to be sitting here on the show today with Jojo. And Jojo was actually my lead, I guess, what's it called? Master instructor, lead instructor? Yeah, like master trainer, we called them. Okay. So Jojo was my master trainer when I was, did bar training, which I actually do still incorporate some of the bar into my, um, platform. That's the one thing that I still do is we have like a yoga bar fusion class. It's actually really popular our like sweat class. But, um, a fun fact about me is that when I first got sober, I was doing all these other things like spin training and life coach training and bar training. And so that's how I ended up at this bar works certification course in Toronto, which was like absolutely amazing. And Jojo was my lead trainer and it has been amazing to stay connected with her along the way and see her journey evolve. So at that point she was teaching classes at different, um, gyms and studios and locations around Toronto. And since the pandemic started very similar to me, she was able to build and launch her own platform body by Jojo. And it's just been amazing to see it grow and evolve and change over time. So I'm just excited to have you here on the show today and and interview you about your journey. Oh, thanks so much, Alex. I'm really excited to be here and chat with everyone. So I want to start us off by asking, first of all, when you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? So I always wanted to be a ballerina or so I either wanted to dance in like a a ballet company or beyond Broadway. So my background, it was always dance. I think I started dancing around the age of four. And that's kind of what I did with my spare time um, after school, five days a week, competitive dance. That was my thing. Um, And so, yeah, I always kind of pictured myself being in a ballet company or Broadway movies, that kind of thing, dancing. That is amazing. I love that. And did you ever think that you would be an entrepreneur? Like, was that something that ever crossed your mind? Honestly, not really. I feel like I, I think coming from that, like idea that I was just going to be in dance, I didn't really focus on other areas. Like I, for a little bit, I wanted to go into kinesiology and I was like, oh, maybe I'll take that route. Um, and still being kind of body studies, but, but that way with the sciences, but I never really pictured myself as an entrepreneur. Cause I kind of thought like, okay, you have to be really good at finances and marketing and accounting. Like you have to have all wear all these hats and you really yeah. do end up having to wear all these hats. But I thought to myself, oh, I don't have any formal training in that. So therefore it's not going to be successful for me, which obviously is incorrect. Yeah. 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 I can totally relate to that. I think all of those like behind the scene things of business creation really, um, terrified me or scared me off from actually sort of moving forward with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, it's one thing you kind of just end up learning along the way, which is so interesting to me. Like I found it really, really difficult 
specifically with technology i'm like i anything that to do with tech stresses me out so much figuring out mics and camera angles and like use uploading things downloading things like i'm so not tech savvy and mm -hmm. so the thought of an online platform was like okay you obviously need to know exactly what you're doing but the the truth is is that you really just figure it out along the way obviously yeah. there are some hiccups um you know i've had many many of meltdowns where I'm, i asked my husband i'm like you have to do it for me i can't figure it out <laughs> but it's one of those things that like if you just don't try like you you won't get to where you want to be you have to give it a go um and you end up just like honestly google is such a great resource youtube that kind of things um you you figure out those issues that you you don't don't even have an answer for you'll figure it out yourself that's so true oh my gosh those days of the early pandemic when we were all just like flung into it and i think about the things like so I lead yoga teacher trainings now. And when people come through my yoga teacher training, they feel so overwhelmed with like, how do I do the music? How do I do the whatever? And I feel like I, I share so much and it comes so easily to me. And they're like, how does it come so easily to you? And I'm like, no, no, no you don't understand. <laughs> like it was like a year of like the pandemic and me trying to figure out all this stuff, just like all of a sudden, like it wasn't something that was innately, um, that I innately knew how to, to do. No, not at all. And in the pan, the pandemic, I'm sure we'll get into this, but I started teaching like because we thought it was going to be a short amount of time. I started with like doing free Instagram lives yeah. and I would just kind of like set up my phone. I had a little speaker. I was actually so my my husband and I came back from New Zealand. My mom's from there. So we were visiting her family. We land. And that's the day that they started saying at the airport, like you have to quarantine for two weeks. And we were like, what's happening? Like, I'm very confused. So we went to our apartment in Toronto, picked up our stuff, and we drove out to just outside of Toronto where my husband's twin brother lived. And we're like, we're going to quarantine with them because we way more fun. And we lived there for three months. We never went home because <laughs> we were oh like, this is so God. much more fun than living in an apartment by ourselves. So I actually was really lucky because when I was building out my business, um, my sister-in-law is in marketing. My brother-in-law is in sales. So they were in the house with me, like helping me kind of figure it out. But I started with my wow. phone up there. There was like a speaker in the background playing like terrible music. Like it was hard to have such bad sound, like that kind of thing. I remember teaching a class outside because someone had a meeting. I taught a class outside. It started raining. I was like teaching the class in the rain. So it really did start from nothing. Like It's crazy. Wow. And that's, and it's just so amazing to think like, cause that was like two and a half years ago, right? Yeah. Two and a half years ago. And like, here you are now you have like, I saw on your Instagram, you have like 250 members on your platform. That yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, that's no, amazing. it's been a, a really crazy journey. And I don't think I actually take, you probably feel the same way, take enough time to like look back and reflect and see like where you really yeah. did start from. Like it started from like, I was doing IG lives. We were just taking, then we started taking donations for a charity. Then we realized this thing was going to be lasting for a lot longer than we thought. And I was like, Hey, I need to make money too. Cause I was freelancing. So I didn't have at income at that point, um, and started running kind of ch monthly challenges. And so I would upload my classes, like the recordings onto a Google drive and just like send out the Google drive to people. Like it was so wow. not professional to start. And I think that's a good lesson that like, you just have to 
start somewhere because it, yeah. it really did grow even with me sending a Google Drive link to people. Like it wasn't anything that was branded or like all done perfect at the beginning. It was really messy at the beginning, but people loved it. And that's what inspired me to be like, okay, let's clean this up. Let's make it an actual business as opposed to the short-term kind of like in-between job. Mm -hmm. And I love that what you shared about, like, it doesn't have to be perfect because I feel that so many people, um, that's like what holds them back is like feeling that it needs to be perfect or all together or like beautifully branded or all set up really nicely. And in reality, like so many of us were just flung into that circumstance. Like for me, luckily I still had my income as a school teacher, but I, um, I lost my job where I was, I was teaching yoga spin and bar and I lost it like overnight. And that was when I was like, okay, well, I have to start, um, I have to start teaching online myself. And, and there were so many different things that we navigated and tried and actually Yasser who's here on the call he's like been with me through the entire thing <laughs> and uh and seen every evolution of the mindful life practice and and where it's come to and so yeah those early days wow it is pretty crazy isn't it and so I guess so you when you were young you always wanted to be a dancer um and so you always kind of had you must have always had like fitness in your life but Tell me more about like, what did you like when you finished high school? What did you do afterwards? What did you do for schooling? And how did you end up with fitness being your career? Yeah. So like you said, I grew up dancing. So movement was always a big part of my life, but I never really looked at it as like, I never worked out. I never was really into fitness. Like, I think we had one class called conditioning where like they would make us go for runs and then we do like planks and jumping jacks, like silly things like that. But the rest of it was really just, I was active and fit through dance itself. Um, after I graduated, I went to the university of Calgary. I did their dance program for one year. Um, then I decided it wasn't really for me. And I transferred to George Brown's um, dance program. And that was a two-year program. So I went through that. And then I was just in Toronto. I was working at the keg, just serving and doing additions. Like I was just auditioning for everything that I could. And in the dance world, as I'm sure you know, it's really challenging for body image. Um, I think I always really struggled. I'm short. I have a more like athletic build. So I don't look like the typical ballerina. Um, so that was something that I definitely struggled with as like a preteen into my college years, that kind of thing. And it just kind of, it got worse and worse as I was auditioning because a lot of the time it was like, I would get there and I know I wasn't going to get the part because there was somebody who looked exactly like a ballerina and I knew that that it was going to be them and then always was them. So it just, it really took a toll on my self-esteem, my body confidence, um, that sort of thing. And interesting enough how I got into fitness. So my now husband, he um, was a friend of my roommates and he was a personal trainer. So my roommate would always come home and like, she, we had these crazy steep stairs. We used to live in the annex in Toronto, which is like an older area. And she was like, she'd always like grunt and like make all these noises as she walked down the stairs. She's, oh, I saw Sheldon today. I'm so sore. And so I was like, oh, I, maybe I should try like working out and see how I like that. So I went to a session there. We kind of became buddy, buddy and friends right away. And I started to really love the idea. So it was a strength training style of workout. And I felt really strong. And I got in this mindset of like, okay, if I just focus on getting stronger, 
I'm going to feel so much more confident in my body. Instead of this whole time I've been focusing on eating less, doing lots of cardio, like trying to get skinnier. I'm like, let's just flip the script a little. Sheldon was very much, my husband was very much like, okay, you have to eat protein. You have to eat this. Like he was always encouraging me to eat more food and to work, work out and get strong and like, don't do as much cardio, that kind of thing. So I started to really fall in love with the idea of feeling strong and not focusing on skinny. And then it really turned into me being like, okay, this is how I feel. I found this body confidence through working out. I'm sure there are hundreds of other women who are in the same boat as me who have been striving for this kind of skinny um, body type um, when that's not realistic for them. So how can I teach them how to how they can feel strong as well? So that's kind of where I was inspired to get into fitness. So Sheldon um, taught me, you know, the beginning things of my um my fitness journey. I then got hired at Barworks, which was a great blend of like fitness and dance. Did my personal training, Pilates, pre and postnatal, and it kind of grew from there. But it really came down to like me experiencing it myself and how going from focusing on skinny and eating less and doing lots of cardio to focusing on eating more healthy foods and getting stronger and not so much of like working out to burn calories. That shift in mindset made me feel so good and so confident in my body. And I never had that before. Um, so I really wanted to be able to teach other people how to do the same thing. That is so amazing. I love that. I love that story. And it's so interesting how that kind of all came through meeting Sheldon and then getting inspired and having that experience. Like I would have, and I would have never guessed that because having met you, I would have thought that it was just something that, I don't know, sometimes you meet people that are like PTs or fitness trainers and you think that that's just like part of them from like when they're born, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I was really just kind of came from that dance background, but yeah. So Sheldon really introduced me to fitness, made me like love strength training. Um, so we were friends for a little bit and then started dating. And then I got really into fitness as well. And he was a personal trainer for a long time. Um, he left for a while for about five years, went into, um, it sales and then ended up during the pandemic. I was like, this business is taking off. I need help. I'm either going to hire someone or like, do you want to do it? And he was like, yes, I'd love to get back into fitness. So now he's back into fitness as well. He works with me. He owns his own, um, coaching business that are specifically for parents. So it's a really cool journey of how, like, he helped me start out and then I helped him get back into fitness. So it's a really neat kind of pathway we've taken together. That's amazing. And I, um, I follow Jojo's husband as well, Sheldon on Instagram. I actually, I, I don't know when I started following him. Um, but I messaged Jojo the other week cause he's gotten into these like amazing, um, parenting reels about like, you know, fitness for parents. And I, I messaged Jodo to be like, I'm just obsessed with them. Like, even though I'm like not a parent and like not a PT, I just like love what he's doing. And I think it's so such a needed thing for parents who just have so much, um, like stress and chaos and things going on and often taking care of yourself is like the last thing. So, yeah. um, Absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, thank you for sending that message, by the way, I, I shared it with him. He was very appreciative because you know how long like reels and yeah. market, like all that stuff takes so much time. So he, he loved that. Um, but yeah, especially with parents, because I think before you're a parent, you kind of have this idea of like, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. 
And then you'd have a child and you're like, that's not true. <laughs> like I have 23 hours that goes towards my kid and maybe one hour to feed shower and <laughs> figure out myself. So he's kind of come up with that idea of helping parents make fitness fit into their lifestyle where they can, because it, it's definitely challenging. It's doable. And like you said, it makes you feel so much better when you can do it. Um, but it's a whole different ball game once you have a, a little one to look after. Totally. So let's speak about that, by the way. So Jojo um, just had a baby who is, um, Aubrey is 15 weeks old. I was just asking before the episode and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you're like doing a podcast episode at, you know, 15 weeks. So, um, but first of all, congratulations. That's amazing. And thank you. How has that journey been like, like managing the business and getting back into work so soon um, after having a baby? What has that been like? It's had its ups and downs. I'm not going to lie. It's been challenging. Um, the nature of my business, I just knew I couldn't leave for long, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I took off my, I think I took a total of eight weeks off of teaching from like a recovery standpoint. Like obviously once you've given birth, you need to let your body recover. And I was really, really wanted to make sure I healed properly. Um, but because the business is body by Jojo, like it's, it's me. I, I need to be there. I have these members that are paying monthly subscriptions. I couldn't just like get up and leave for a one year mat leave. And to be honest, I didn't want to either. Um, I love my work and I love my business. And I feel like for me personally, I think I'm in a lot healthier of a headspace postpartum because I have work to also focus on and keep me intellectually stimulated too. So it's been great. It's been challenging kind of finding time to do work. And, and, you know, if he's not sleeping well, and then I have to get up in the next day and teach a class or whatever, like that's always hard. Um, but I'm really lucky. I have, a, I have a lot of support. Definitely couldn't do it without the support. Um, but yeah, it's it's been really a really fun journey and transition. And it's an interesting the way I kind of view business now. Like I, ever since having Aubrey, the little things don't stress me out as much. Like, I'm like, it's not, it's whatever, not a big deal. We'll figure it out, that kind of thing. Whereas before I would be kind of really anxious or stressed that something wasn't done to my liking yet, or, you know, something wasn't working, whatever it may be, or, you know, someone wanted a class at this time and I couldn't provide it. Now I'm just like, you know what? I have this little tiny being to take care of and make sure he's happy. That's priority. Um, and my business all kind of falls into place, but at the end of the day, it's not life or death. And as long as everybody is happy and healthy, that's really what matters. Mm -hmm. Wow. I just think it's so inspiring and amazing. Like when I found out or when I was watching your pregnancy journey, I was just like, this is just so um, amazing and inspiring because I know how much it takes to build something like body by Jojo. Like it's just so time consuming. And for you to be able to do that and be a mom as well, like it's just it's very inspiring and impressive. So thank you. Yeah. It was definitely a bit nerve wracking. I think, um, a lot of people told me I couldn't do it. Like once you have, a, like, you won't be able to do that, give yourself more time. And they were always coming out of a place of like love. And, you know, if they've had a child before, they know it can be exhausting right. and tiring and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, I just kind of, you know, it's my life. I get to choose how I, I want to live it. And, I couldn't do it without the help and support that I have. Um, but I think that, like I said, like getting back into work when I did part-time, like I'm not working full-time, but part-time has helped me 
mentally to feel like myself again. Cause I think that's something that people really struggle with postpartum is, you know, their identity and feeling like their entire life is about being a mom now. And I think for me, it's really nice to have both aspects. Like I'm a mom, but I'm also still a business owner and an entrepreneur and a coach. And I, I can do both. Um, so yeah, it was really interesting when I was pregnant. Cause I was getting a lot of like, Oh, you, you know, you give yourself six months, give yourself a year. You're not going to want to do that. Spend the time with your little one. Don't go back to work, that kind of thing. Um, and I think it's different because we, you know, now we can work from home, right? We work from home. We're, yeah. we're virtual not going into the office. Um, so yeah, it's, it was an interesting journey with a lot of opinions, but the way it's working out, it's, it's working out well for me. So I'm happy with it. And I love seeing, um, your, like your Instagram stories of you getting on a zoom and then Aubrey's just like in your little, what's that called? Like a little snuggie or yeah, a little um, carrier. Yeah. He, he goes oh, in my carrier for a lot of my meetings. And recently, cause in our classes, we have like live virtual classes. So Sheldon or I will teach and then the other person will demo. So we've been putting Aubrey, he's like off screen, but he's in like his little swing. And so he just like watches us. I think he finds it really calming. Cause when I was pregnant, he would hear our voices coach a lot and like the movement. Mm, so he loves yeah. watching us. So it, it's been fun. It's been really fun to make it more of like, a family thing. That's so cute. It's amazing. So tell me about, so that's obviously probably been like a huge challenge and hurdle, but what have been some of the other challenges and hurdles along the way? Yeah. So I think specifically with COVID, um, this like fear of gyms reopening, gyms reopening, gyms closing, gyms reopening, right? It's like the, okay, are we going to gain a bunch of members, then lose a bunch of members, gain a bunch of members, lose a bunch of members. And to my surprise, that actually didn't happen. Sure, there was people who went back to the gym, but I would say our member rate stayed pretty steady when gyms reopened. We didn't have as much growth as we had previously had when gyms were closed because obviously people were kind of going back to their regular programming. But a lot of our members decided to stay on. And what they do is they now work out in studio socially. So like on a Saturday, they'll meet a friend and go to like a soul cycle class or berries or whatever they choose to do. But during the week, they do their workouts at home because it takes them way less time. They don't have to drive anywhere to get their workout in. They can just do it at home 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever it may be, shower and then get to their desk. Uh, we really do target um, people who work from home. I find it's like most of our members do work from home at least part time. It really fits well with their schedule. Um, but that's been the, the most challenging part is just this idea of like, I think it's the fear of, okay, if gyms reopen again, you know, yeah. how many members are we going to lose? And luckily yeah. that, you know, wasn't the case. It wasn't as scary as I thought. And then same thing when I was pregnant and then went on like a small, like an eight week kind of mat leave. I was, we were renewing a lot of people's yearly memberships. And I was so nervous that a lot of people weren't going to renew because they were like, oh, what happens? Like, what's the schedule going to look like? Jojo's not there that often, that kind of thing. And I was like, so grateful and so surprised that we literally had like, I want to say like 98% of our members renew their one-year membership. Like it wasn't even a question to them, which made me so happy. Cause it was kind of like, they were supporting my journey as well. And it wasn't an issue that I was going to be gone for eight weeks. It was more of like a, take your time. We'll be fine. Enjoy yourself, that kind of thing. So that meant the world to me. Um, but that was definitely like a, a fear of mine heading into the pregnancy and postpartum. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I can totally get that around like just being afraid of different changes and how that's going to affect the membership and the community. And I think that probably speaks to like what strong connections you've built with your members if they all want to stay on even in your absence. Like that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I'm really grateful for that, everyone. It's like a, it's a big family. Um, I think it's a mix of having like live classes. So we do get to chat with people over like a virtual yeah. setting, that kind of thing. Um, we run like by like monthly or every other month we run a challenge. So that really creates a, a lot of community. Um, and yeah, like we're super, super accessible. I always say that, you know, other platforms may have thousands of members. So it's not like you're going to be able to reach out to the coach and ask a question. Whereas like Sheldon and I are always available. People DM us all the time. A lot of people DM us and say, Hey, I'm really lazy today, but I'm just letting you know I'm coming to class. And it's like that nice extra layer of accountability so that we can be there for them and support them. Or people will message us saying, Hey, I'm going to Italy for the week. That's why we're not going to see me, you know, whatever it may be. So it's, it's really a big family. And we're very, very grateful for our members that have been with us from the beginning. That's amazing. And how do you, um, do you have any way that you like build community amongst your members? Like, I'm just thinking for the mindful life practice, we have like this big WhatsApp group. And then we also have a Facebook group for sober girls yoga. And I'm wondering if there's a way that your members connect like outside of the classes. That's a good question. Um, we have a Facebook group. We trialed, um, I use the platform called Kajabi. We trialed a, a community within Kajabi. They're working out their own kinks um, to make it better. It wasn't my favorite for community. Um, and we've we've toyed with the idea of a like group WhatsApp. It's challenging because there's so many people that like yeah. you kind of would yeah, get yeah. a million different messages. For a lot of our challenges, we do accountability buddies. So you can sign up if you want an accountability buddy and then we'll connect people and they can have that buddy for the four weeks and people kind of make friends and connect that way, which is really lovely. We've had a few people out who's mo who've moved out West and just like posted in our Facebook group saying that they, they moved out there and members have connected that way and like met and had coffee mm -hmm. and that kind of thing, which is super sweet. So it's not perfect. I would love a better platform for that. Um, but I think that's one of those things within entrepreneurship that you're just like always looking to grow and improve and find yeah. ways that, to help people stay accountable and stay um, connected to the membership itself. I know Instagram is now having like Instagram groups, that kind of thing. Um, so there's definitely different avenues that I'm like looking at exploring, but right now we're, we do use Facebook. We, you know, clients DM us all the time. Um, we, I have a, like a weekly newsletter that I feel also kind of helps to get people connected. I love to share about my life as well. Um, and like what's going on with us, which I think helps people open up as well. So like, you know, I'll share something to do with, I don't know, my favorite, like sometimes I feature my favorite small business and then people will kind of respond with their favorite small businesses and we connect that way. So we definitely use different avenues, but there's no, there's no perfect platform yet. Yeah. 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 I hear that. Um, oh, I would really like to try your classes. I, I think when I first was looking at them, I think the time zone, actually, it might even be that the time zone still doesn't work for me all the time in Bali because I'm, I'm 13 right. hours ahead. So it, but I'll have to look because I think I would really like that. Jojo is an amazing instructor, by the way. Like I just loved 
all the classes I did with you at Barworks. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. Everything. We will definitely, after this call, I'll get you set up to try it out. So, cause we do have our classes are at 8 AM Eastern time and 5 30 Eastern time. Um, but we record them and then we put them on the platform after. And the nice thing that people say is like, even though they're doing a recording, it still feels like they're doing a live class because you're shouting people out and you're making like hand corrections right in the moment. And like Sheldon and I will banter sometimes. And like, it's very like, I make mistakes with my boards. I'm sure you're used to it too. It's not, it's not super polished. So it feels yeah. like you're in a live class and that you still get that live class energy, even if you're doing the recording as well, which is really nice for people. Yeah, totally. Oh, amazing. Well, I definitely will give it a try. Yeah, um, I love that. I'm also going to be in Canada, so I'll be in a, a better time zone. So yeah. absolutely. Amazing. So what is your dream for your platform in the next five years? Like, where would you like to take it? That's a great question. Um, you probably experienced this too. I go back and forth with like wanting more and more growth. And also being very happy with the level it's at today and the amount of touch points and contact I'm able to make with my members. Because the more members you have and the more your business grows, the less you can connect with each individual person. And that's one thing that I think is very special about our business is that we don't, we're not flooded with tons and tons of members where we aren't able to have that one-on-one -on -one connection. Um so I think in, in five years, I'd love to see our membership continue to grow and build, probably adding some other coaches. Right now we have um, myself, my husband, and um, a uh, coach named Sydney. She teaches on there as well. Maybe some adding some other coaches in there. And one thing that I've wanted to do for a really long time, it's just like with COVID, it hasn't really worked out, is like a little live tour, like going to different cities, like Toronto, Vancouver, New York, uh, um, yeah. LA, like that kind of thing. And meeting our members in person and doing like an in-person um, session. And then I'd love to also, which I should pick your brain on, is get into retreats. Um, yes. because I think that's an awesome way for people to meet each other, build community, um, that kind of thing. So those are my ideas, but, um, we'll see, we'll see what kind of turns, turns a corner and what, what really happens with the business as time goes, goes on. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It should be lots and of totally and I totally can relate to what you were sharing earlier about if the membership grows so big that you just can't build relationships with individual people, because I think that has been sort of like a, a growing pain or a struggle for me. It's like when we get too many people, it's like, I just can't keep track of it or manage all the messages, manage all the communication. And so there actually is a benefit of it being at that like sweet spot, sweet spot size. For sure. Okay. And too, like with work-life balance, like the bigger your business gets, the more people you have to hire, the more people you have to manage. So the yeah. more time you have to put into it. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I'm very much like more, more, more grow, grow, grow. Like I've kind of, yeah. I think it's a dancer thing of like never fully being satisfied with how something is. I always feel like I need to make it better. And yeah. I think I'm trying to learn that I can make it better without forcing us to grow big where I can't be as involved as I, I want to be. Um, cause I do think that one of the reasons I love my job so much is because I have a good balance. I don't 
work insane hours. Sure. When I first started out, I really did hustle. It was a lot of work to start out, but I'm not killing myself with that now. Um, and that's why I love it so much. And I think that, you know, if you overdo it and you overwork, it becomes work. And I don't really want my work to feel like work right now. It just feels like my life and I enjoy it. Right. So that's kind of where my head's at with, with growth. It's so true. And, you know, I actually was having a conversation, um, the other day with my PR, uh, the person who runs my PR team about this. So she started this PR agency in Dubai and now she has like 40 staff working for her. And she was saying like, when she, when she hears people that are getting into entrepreneurship, she wants to say to them, like, do you want to have like freedom and flexibility? Or do you want to be like, uh, I think she said, like, do you want to build a brand or do you want to have freedom and flexibility? And like, it's two different things. And for her, it's become this like literally full-time 24 seven thing. She like never goes on vacation because she's managing like 40 people and like tons and tons and tons of clients. And she does an amazing job, but I know she has like hundreds and hundreds of clients and it just becomes like exhausting and stressful for her. Um, and I said, you know, that has been a big thing with me of realizing, like, I wanted to be this like sober yoga empire. Like if you ask me at the beginning of the year, like my dreams for the year. And then I just hit a point where I was like, this is just like, not, I don't really want to do this. <laughs> like, I just want to teach yoga and like connect with people. And it's, so it's well, really helped me get perspective. Yeah. And that's the thing, because like you said, you're either managing 40 people yeah. or you're coaching. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do I love? Do I, I, I don't like managing other people. I don't want, like, sure. You could hire someone to do that if you got big enough, of course. But I think that I'm learning to be happy where with, with the medium scale business, where like, you're making a good income, you're loving what you do, yeah. you're helping people. Um, and you know, still focusing on growth. Like, of course, I'm not going to lie. I don't want, it's not like, I'm like, I don't want any more members. I love more people. I want to help more people, but I don't, I'm not in this idea of it needs to be this like multi-million dollar empire anymore. I'm just very happy with the community that we have. And I would love to, to keep, keep that up, grow it, see, you know, meet more people in real person, um, introduce Body by Jojo to, to more people as well. But, you know, really, make sure that I'm happy with the amount of work I'm putting in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So I have one more question for you and then we can turn it over to Yasser and Linda if they have any questions. Um, but my question for you is what advice would you give to someone who is just starting out their entrepreneurial journey? So I think I kind of mentioned it a bit earlier in the, in the um, show today, but just start, like, don't worry about the little details. I think if, COVID hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't, I no, I know I wouldn't have gone online like this because I, it would have seemed so overwhelming. Sheldon for years before COVID was like, you should do online classes. You should do online classes. And I was like, what? That's not a thing. Like only big companies do that. Right. Um, but once COVID hit, it really forced me to figure it out. It forced me to figure out what webcam is best, how to connect my music, what mics I should be using, how to build a website, like things like that, that I think I always thought, oh, I can't do that. Um, So I think my advice would be to absolutely just get going. You will figure it out along the way. Don't hold back. Don't wait. And then also I would say know when to outsource. 
So there are things that like, sure, I could spend three hours figuring out how to do it, but it's probably a better use of my time to have someone else do it who is an expert in that area. And I will focus on what I'm good at. So knowing when to kind of outsource um, so that you are able to focus on the work that you love to do. Yeah, that's really good advice. Amazing. Um, it has been so awesome chatting with you today and hearing more about your journey and, and your experience. And I really feel like our businesses, like we had really parallel experiences, yet different because of the areas that you focus on and the areas that I focus on. Um, but it's just been really cool to like watch your journey evolve over time. And yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy to be here and chat with you. And I, um, I love the, I love that you have really grown your business in different avenues, like the classes, the teacher training, the podcast, that kind of thing. Um, I will probably pick your brain after, but like podcasting is something that I've always had in the back of my head of like, yeah. just like short 10 minute episodes on healthy habits, because I feel like yeah. so many people struggle with it and everyone goes out for like a little walk a day or like if while you're cooking, like just something to listen to quick that can inspire you, give you like a quick tip, that kind of thing. I've always had the idea in the back of my head, but I should take my own advice and just start it because I've, I'm like, oh, I don't know how to start a podcast. So I should take yeah. my own advice and just do it and figure it out as I go along. But that's definitely something that I've been thinking about. And I think it just kind of, the podcasting is such a wonderful world. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Such a great way to like connect to so many different people. Absolutely. Yeah, sir. And Linda, do either of you have any questions for Jojo? Yes, I do. Hi, Jojo. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And it's so inspiring and very, very touching. Thank uh, you. Two questions. So I'll start with the first one. So what are your biggest mistakes, learnings and failures? That's a great question. Biggest mistakes. Um, I would say not trusting my gut sooner. I think um, when it comes to having my husband leave his job and join us, we took a while for to make that decision. We were very cautious about it, which makes sense. I mean, we were in a pandemic. Money was obviously like, we need to make sure we are making enough income. But I think that I should have, we should have done that a bit earlier because I could have used the help earlier and, you know, that would have helped grow the business. So I think that I made the mistake of not trusting my gut right away and taking too much time to kind of think about it. Um, and then another mistake I would say would probably be to try to please too many people at one time. Um, so I think with the membership and people who, you know, work with me, that kind of thing, like always trying to make sure everyone is happy. And eventually I just learned that like, that's not going to happen. Everyone has different schedules. Everyone wants different things. I'm not going to be able to make every single person happy. What I need to do is help to make most of my members work with their schedules and then also do what works for me. Cause what I've learned is like a lot of people's lives change and they become members. They don't become members. They leave for a little bit. They come back. Like I got to do what works for me in the end. And that's what's most important. I love that. And that, um, 
that for me has been such a thing. I'm sure yes or no's of like, I've fluctuated back and forth between like literally being on the schedule, like 12 hours a day teaching all these classes because I felt like I had to do so much because I didn't want to like lose people. And I wanted to offer something that worked in their time zone. And I feel like I finally hit this point where I was just like, you know what, people are going to come and go, as you say, and they're going to come back. And that's the beauty of, you know, I'm sure you, you might be able to relate to this, but in the first year of me running the platform, I would like personally feel it in my gut when someone would cancel their membership, I would like feel grief and like gut and sadness. And um, this morning, one of my longest term members uh, actually left. And the reason why she left, it totally makes sense. You know, we both were living in Abu Dhabi at the time when the platform started. Now she lives in Latvia, I live in Bali. The time zones just don't work. And it's, and I no longer take it personally because I've seen the business evolve and grow and change so much that I know people will come back and it might not be in the exact same way as what the way that they first were part of it. Um, but I now realize that so much of that is out of my control and I just have to like do what, what works for me. So I love that. Totally. I, I understand the gut feeling, like the email that you get, this person has canceled. I'm like, Oh no, like, where are they going? Are they okay? Like, ah, it's, it's sheer panic for a little bit. Right. But like you Mm -hmm. said, you just learn that, like, we can't please everyone. We have people East coast, Canada, West coast, Canada. We have members in Australia. Like I, it's not possible for us to run classes. And I think at the beginning, I was trying to run so many classes. We were running like, you know, 10 ish classes a week. And what we are finding is that we are just spreading our members across those classes, as opposed to having six, like full high energy classes where people would just come to those ones that worked with them. So mm-hmm. what, what really helped me is just kind of realizing that I can't please everybody. I'll do my best to make most of my members as accessible as possible for most of my members. But at the end of the day, you, you got to do what works for you. So wait, so how many live classes do you do a week now? You do six? Um, we have, yeah, two on Monday and then one on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wow. Yeah. So nothing on the weekend. That was my big boundary. Nothing on the weekend because I mean, I feel like I did that when I taught, um, in person, I did that for like six or seven years of teaching on the weekends. And you, I just felt like I never got a break. Um, so now we do Monday to Friday, two on Monday. And then every, every other day is just, is one class and people will do it live if it can work for them or they'll do the recording. Wow. And then how recently after you do it live, do you get the recording up? Like, is it within 20 minutes? Wow. Yeah. So because I have this, like the one thing that's nice about my personality when it comes to business, I'm not a perfectionist. So like, I want it to be good quality. It's a great class, but like, if I mess up my words or like something funky happens, like I don't go back and refilm it. Right. I just put up the live class as it is. So we have the zoom recording. I remove the music for like legal reasons. And then I put the non-music recording up. It takes like 20 ish minutes and it's there. I need to like, I feel like I need to have another conversation with you. as you talk I'm like we're still in the point of like we have so many classes and we're spreading ourselves so thin and I'm like that just sounds so simple like you know six classes a week and then yeah. the way in which you remove the music like I'm just curious about all of that so yeah we, we were doing more before and I'm sure as we you know took away some classes people were disappointed but then they find their other classes that they love. Like realistically, no one's going to work out 
more than I would hope, like five, six times a week anyway. So if you're providing six classes like that, they can do each class. And I find sometimes too, our members have a little bit of FOMO because we post on about like what we did in class on Instagram. They're like, oh, I got to make sure I do that class. So they don't want to do, like they would rather do the class that everyone's talking about the recording, even if it's not live. Cause they're like, oh yeah, I heard we did like these kind of squats. I want to try that class out. Um, so I find that it's actually been helpful to really just pare down the schedule. Um, more people do recordings if it doesn't work for them. But then also you're able to provide a better service too, because you're not spreading yourself too thin. Like I'm excited to teach my class as opposed to when I'm teaching like 10 classes a week by the 10th class, I'm like, oh my God, I'm dying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Wow. I'm learning so much from this. <laughs> okay. I know Yasser said he had another question, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we just started chatting. What was your other question? Yasser? No problem. So the second question is what advice you would give or tips for sustaining your business? Yeah, sustaining. Um, I think community is a big thing. Community is huge. Like connecting with members, reaching out to members, um, making sure that someone's just not like a number or like a transaction to your business, but really like actually caring. Like I care so much about how people succeed and how our members succeed in our classes. Um, so that kind of connection I think is, is really, really important. And then I also think, and I took me a while to learn this, but kind of what Alex and I were just talking about, like making sure that it's, you're not spreading yourself too thin where you can't keep it up. And I think part of that is like getting pregnant and then having Aubrey, I learned that like, I can't do everything. Like I need to have time to myself and the ceiling didn't fall down. Like I was panicked. I'm like, if we take this class away, like half of our members are going to cancel. Like I was so worried about stuff like that, but it just, that wasn't the reality. It didn't happen. People, people will go to your business for you. That's why these brands do so well is because they're, you know, they can work out anywhere. They can do yoga anywhere. They're doing it because they, they like you, they want to do it with you. So being your, being able to show up as your best self is what is in the best interest for the business and for your members as well. So making sure you're not spreading yourself too thin. So whether that's be outsourcing, um, getting help, that kind of thing that I think has helped with sustainability. My gosh, this interview has been amazing. <laughs> I just feel like it's like everything that I needed to hear today. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've just I've learned so much. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> I've been happy. This has been a fun conversation. I'm happy to chat with you guys. Yeah, it's been awesome. And Linda, do you have any questions for Jojo? I know you're like busy in Thanksgiving cooking. So <laughs> oh hi Jojo. Thank you so much. I agree. This conversation has been um incredible and and so stimulating for me to hear and I I just am really loving your message of like knowing when what it, what is enough in your business and because I think we see the antithesis of that around us out in the world all the time it's like it has to be more 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 and to hear somebody modeling that message of like this is, you can do what you love to do and do it well. And people will follow when you, when you align first with yourself, right? Like when, when you take care of your own needs, um, that that's modeling to your clients as well, to self-care, especially in fitness and wellness. Um, I think that's so, 
just so inspiring that that you are doing that and again like as a sober person as well I think this idea of I can see it in other areas of my life of like having to moderate myself sometimes of like not pushing to an extreme um, because then I rubber band back in the other direction and am depleted and and so um that's what comes to mind is this idea of moderating and like being okay with knowing how much is enough um and, and to to be able to live your life the way that you want to live it and so yeah I'm just super grateful I'm absolutely going to go back and listen to the replay of this again and and take notes because I've been actively listening but I'm like oh I want to write that down and <laughs> so that's you. so sweet thank you so much that mean that means a lot to me and I should say like it's not like this is how I've always been <laughs> I sure. definitely spend a lot of time like doing way more than I should have like that hustle culture especially when I lived in Toronto was very much was me like I would leave the house at 6 a.m and I was home at like 9 p.m so I did that for many years but I think that I have grown so much more as a person and my business has been so much more successful when I've first learned to take care of myself and my members have really helped me do that too which is surprising I used to feel guilty for like saying oh we're not going to have class because it's Thanksgiving Monday or whatever it may be I need a break too I used to feel guilty about that but when we started doing it people were like oh yeah like go enjoy yourself like people were very like cheering me on and like happy that I was taking the time for myself. And so I started to view that as like, you know, they're supporting me so that I can show up as my best self in the same way that I support them so that they can show up as their best self. Yes. Yeah. There's so much richness in that so much. Um, just, yeah, that the simplicity of, of being able to stay true to yourself and to understand then that, others will be attracted to that and that to hear them that they're reflecting that back to you is is so wonderful and I also I mean I love that you are able to say and it wasn't always like this for me you know that that but that you probably appreciate it that much more and can see the value now because of what you went through to get here right yeah absolutely 100 percent yeah yeah, this has just been so awesome. So helpful. Thank you. Both. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jojo. This has just been such an amazing um, interview. And it kind of, it all kind of circles back to you at the very beginning when I was like, oh, I'm like, I don't even think anyone's going to come. Um, and then Yasser came and Linda come. I'm like, oh, there's only one person here. And it ended up just being so amazing. And, and it kind of circles back to that whole idea of thinking like there needs to be more, there needs to be more. Um, when in reality, it is like just perfect exactly as it is. Absolutely. So. Someone, my first business coach told me that even if you're just affecting or inspiring or helping one person, would you still do it? And the answer is always yes. So like, even if you just had one person in your class or, um, you know, you don't always need to be more to everybody. You could just be more to one person. I love that. Amazing. Well, thank you, thank so, you much so much for, for having taking me. It's been so time. lovely to meet you all and to chat with you again, Alex. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy mom entrepreneur life to be here. Really appreciate it. <laughs> of course. It. I'm very happy to. <laughs> Amazing. And hopefully we'll um, maybe connect and chat soon. I have some questions for you that have come out of this. So likewise. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Amazing. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Bye. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl Podcast. This community wouldn't exist without you here, so thank you. It would be massively helpful if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast so it can reach more people. If we haven't met yet in real life, please come get your one-week free trial of the Sober Girls Yoga membership and see what we're all about. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.